from the DuckDuckGo for Privacy Studio, this is News Talk A3O, WCCO. The following program is sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk A3O and Odyssey, Inc. Advisory services offered through Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Certain but not all investment advisor representatives at Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are also registered representatives of and offer securities through LPL Financial Member FINRA, SIPC. Wealth Enhancement Group and Wealth Enhancement Advisory Services are separate entities from LPL. Wealth Enhancement Group is a registered trademark of Wealth Enhancement Group, LLC. Sound strategies to make sense of your financial life. Answers to everyday questions pertaining to your money. Brought to you by Wealth Enhancement Group. Helping you to plan and invest with confidence and clarity. After all, it's your money. Good morning, 8 minutes past 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. It is your money with Wealth Enhancement Group. Bruce Helmer on our line this morning as well as Peg Webb. Welcome to both of you. Good morning. How are you? Hi, Sue. Hi, Susie. Hi, Bruce. Welcome back. How was your vacation? Thank you. It was wonderful. Thanks for asking. But I, I felt bad about uh, not being here when you made your debut with us. You and I have known each other almost 30 years, I think, Susie. A long, long time. <laughs> so when they asked me to sit in this chair on Sunday morning, I said, absolutely. Bruce Helmer, sign me up. And I'm, well, I'm good to be with you finally. Yes, and I'm so excited about today's topic. And uh, today on the board is Dennis Matusek, and we we're both saying five great reasons to retire. And we were both excited to start thinking about great reasons to retire. And I know that's what we're going to share with our listeners today, right? Uh, Peg, is that is that the topic? I don't know if I even got an outline. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's what I got, Peg. How are you? <laughs> Yeah, so what, um, there's, a, we're gonna do actually a two part show today being the first of two. Oh. And it's five, five great reasons to retire. Can you guess what the second part's gonna be? Five great reasons why you might not wanna retire. Ah. So we're, gonna, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna actually start with the positive this day, this day, which I like to start with the positive, not the negative, but so, um, I actually went into financial planning, comprehensive planning for this very reason. Uh, when you think about working for decades of time and then picking a date way out in the future uh, and, and having a vision and working towards that for that long of time and then witness people actually getting over that hill and going and enjoying a completely different life after that, that was very motivating for me. And so I like the fact that we're going to talk about the great reasons. And I think the reason, too, that I had um, aspirations to be in this is because retirement is it kind of always viewed when I watch clients through the years. It's such a, it's such a passion and a freedom-like feeling to finally get to do what you want to do every single day of the week. So not Monday through Friday, differently than Saturday and Sunday, but every day you get to do what you want to do. That is very yep. exciting. It is, Susie, but Peg, you know, what I'm sure one of the things that you encounter, um, and I do too, is that as much as people look forward to that, then when it actually gets here, 
it's like they're not sure what to do. You know, think about it. Being handed all this, you can do whatever you want. When you know any day of the week, it's like almost overwhelming. It's almost can be burdensome if you don't plan for it. And think about it. Yeah, and 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 that I think too is why I have such a passion for what I do because um, we tend to find folks that want to plan and prepare, but then there's others that come to us and they haven't done a darn thing, but yet there's still time. So retirement doesn't mean done doing, you know, so a lot of people look at it as, well, quite frankly, we're all made up of, we're actually optimists or we're pessimists. So the optimist that's out there is working towards what that vision in their head is. The pessimist is kind of saying, oh my God, I'm just not prepared. I I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to retire but, um, you know, it's actually just learning about it and seeing what you can do. So, so when you think about retirement, um, we think it's good to do retirement goals. And some people listening might say, goal schmoll, I'm sick and tired of hearing about those things. But <laughs> it, it's, you, you have to get closer to believing that it's reality And how do you do that if you don't have some kind of goal? And we encourage people to write it down and then just make baby steps towards it. So uh, these folks that come in, and technically we do get a lot of people, Bruce and Susie, who come in two days before they retire and say, here's all my assets, here's my life, make sense of this for me for the rest of my life. And, And, hey, do I have enough? And we're more than willing to help those people. But what we do know is the people that come in that are a little bit more, uh, have this planning mind, um, they're probably more ready, you know, they're, they're adequately ready to go and talk to us. But we don't care whether you are or aren't. We can, we can get you in shape in a matter of no time. Peg, I like what you said about, um, being retired does not mean you stop doing. Um, there's a phrase that I like that I think is absolutely true and accurate. We, we, we don't stop doing because we grow old. We grow old when we stop doing. And so retirement may even mean you still work part-time. If you were uh, some sort of an expert in your field and you can do that on a consulting basis after you retire, Oh, that's great. And that might be something that stimulates and motivates and keeps you young and healthy and vital and gives you a sense of purpose. Uh, or it might even be something that didn't have anything to do with your regular job. But I, I have a lot of clients that are people that maybe were uh, corporate people, white-collar people, but they're very handy, and they'll go take a part-time job after retirement at you know a, a Home Depot or Menards or something like that. But you have to have a sense of purpose, and you have to keep doing. Yeah, and I think that's the fun part when we do meet people and just talking about their vision and and whether they have a plan or, you know, and we can convince them that whether they're prepared or we even get into kind of coaching them, hey, you know, you might want to go get uh, just a part-time job, you might want to ease into retirement because sometimes it's just too dramatic for people who have just been 
you know, working, working, working for decades of time. The number one uh, concern, though, what I find, and I know we're talking about the five great reasons to retire, but it still is a concern of people, is is your portfolio ready? Meaning, do you have enough money? What's the amount of savings that you have? You know, are you looking at this whereby you have the next one year to three years worth of income, you know, possibly secure? So that if the markets happen to go down, while you're deciding to retire, and now here's a time where the markets are really good. And picture a person sitting, thinking about retiring, retiring and thinking, wow, I can retire on this high. But then they start on the negative side and say, what if the market crashes to, like I put in my resignation and then I'm going to retire and then the market starts crashing. Well, we like to work with people and make them confident enough that who cares about the market conditions? You're so prepared from a portfolio-ready standpoint that you can walk out whenever you feel like it. Peg, I think that is so smart, and and, um, I don't want to sound self-serving. It's going to, and I apologize in advance if it does, but there's still so many people, including people in our space, competitors of Wealth Enhancement Group, financial planning, financial service companies, that I think still don't get that very important point that you just made. You and I literally, when someone says, oh, what's the market going to do? You and I literally, number one, don't know because nobody does, and so we're not embarrassed to say we don't know. But number two, we don't care because we understand that if your portfolio is properly structured and you, your long money will stay long, that's your more aggressive money, money you don't need in the short term, and you've got enough short-term money to cover living expenses, we just never want our clients to have to sell stocks when the market's down. We want them to continue to hold stocks so their aggregate rate of return on all their money is high enough to make sure that they don't run out of money before they die after they retire. But you don't have to know what the market's going to do in the short term. And I just saw a headline, like within the last couple of days, I don't know where I saw it, but it was somebody in our industry with this big headline, are you concerned about what the market will do the next 12 to 36 months? Exclamation point. And my answer is, no, I don't care. It's not going to impact my lifestyle, and if I do a good job with my clients, it's not going to impact their lifestyle. Whether it's good or bad, it's not going to matter. Yeah, and Bruce, I like what you said in that, you know, the markets don't matter, <clears throat> but people also need to have some confidence, though, not related to the stock market, but what they need is some kind of a, a specialist or, uh, you know, a financial comprehensive planner or somebody that they can trust to say, here is your predicted growth rate. This is a prediction, but at least we can forecast something. And then what, what's inflation going to be in the future? Uh, how much money do you need? You need somebody's opinion of, is that a lot? Is that a little? Have you thought about health care? Have you thought about income taxes? Um, how much are you going to spend? Do you have a budget? Did, do you write things down? 
you know. So um, for me, I would definitely have to have someone qualified. Now, this sounds kind of funny because that's why people come to me. But I, I with any decision I make, if I'm not a thousand percent confident in my decision, I go find somebody that I would trust to help me through something like this. And and it is complex because then all of a sudden we say, oh, you actually do have enough money. Congratulations. Well, then where do you take your money from? Your monthly cash flow. Do you take it from the bond side? Do you take it from the stock side? Do you take it from your commodities? Where should you take it from? Or should it just be from the bank account? All those decisions then ongoing uh, are what we client teach um, and we coach clients on. So to us, it's a lifelong process of retiring. It's not just, hey, create a plan for me, and then let's just put it on the shelf and forget about it. It's ongoing. It is ongoing, and I, I love the, the little list of things that you just talked about with regard to being able to retire. And I was, I was sitting there thinking of listeners listening to you say those things going, oh, my gosh, I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know that because most people probably don't know those things that you just talked about. Hey, Peg, I want you to do me and the listeners a favor. So I I wasn't kidding. I am literally without the outline that that you and Susie have. Okay. Um, And and so I'm thinking if I'm the listener, what are the five things that we're we're even talking about? Can you quantify? Yes. So number one is you want freedom to pursue other passions. So these are the reasons to retire. You want the freedom to pursue other passions. Number two is you want your portfolio to be ready and you want to be confident in it. Three is you need your family to be ready. You know, so when you decide, is everybody else around you ready? And then uh, four is you're debt free. So we want to talk a little bit about that too. Like, what does that mean? And then five is you hit full retirement age to collect on either your social security or your pension. So those are five great reasons for. Okay. So I think, you know, we've talked about the first two, the freedom to do what you want to do and make sure your portfolio is ready, but we really didn't talk about uh, family or debt free or what full retirement age means. Yeah. So with your family is ready. This is funny because we actually work with a lot of couples. And one will say, hey, I'm ready to retire, and the other one's probably still working, or they're already retired. And just the image in their mind of this other person being at home with them every single minute of the day petrifies them. So um, we, we feel like your children, your spouse, you know, all the people around you should also be in conversation with you that this is what you're going to do. And then um, make sure that you and your partner are on the same page. And what do we mean by that? I love listening and watching these conversations that couples have because one has an image of buying an RV. The other one says, I'm petrified. I don't even want to be in one. Do you understand? Like I'm on the highway and they scare me and I'm not even, I'm not even in it. So those kinds of conversations have to be made. You know, do you want a second home or you don't want to retire on this very happy day and then find out that you're two completely separate people. And then just be realistic. You know, a lot of folks, a lot of clients actually, 
their kids are struggling because of COVID. Their grandchildren are struggling because of the school systems. And, and if indeed you want to financially support them, you know, that's a consideration too before you retire. And we, uh, we want to put all those gift type of things or, or what's important to you inside that financial forecast to give you the confidence that you can continue to do that. Uh, when people retire. Peg, I was going to say, as the mother of two grown-ish children, 26 and 7, that never occurred to me to take into consideration as I'll be 59 at Christmas time. Like, hmm, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm just thinking about retirement for myself. I'm not thinking about anybody else, but that's really good to remember. Yeah, and what happens, Susie, too, is, and this is where we get to celebrate with our clients as well, is when these grandchildren come, um, all bets are off, right? They are just like <laughs> the best thing that's ever happened to our clients. And so, you know, going to travel to see them, because a lot of people don't live in the same community, the whole family unit. So just traveling to see them, buying them the extra things, those are all things that um, are important to our clients. And then I mentioned, Bruce um, and Susie, debt-free. So, yeah, it's great if you could be debt-free because then the fixed income that we say that you can spend, part of that doesn't have to go to a mortgage. You know, I'm a, uh, a big fan of debt-free. And, and the only reason I'm so gravitated towards that is I've, I've lived through clients' lives for decades of time now, and I've just witnessed that the ones that are the most successful – never seem to have a lot of debt. And and I'm not saying that, you know, taking out a 2% mortgage today and having some asset that's truly of value back that um, debt, that's okay. But um, I've just witnessed people taking chances and just leveraging to the hilt, and, and I know that that's not a good position, especially when you're going into our retirement and then uh, when you hit this full retirement age, this is a lot of many reasons, too, why people call people like us, because these decisions are, are hard. Like, right. when do I start my Social Security? When do I start my pension? You know, is there a good time? How do I mix and match, you know, two people like my spouse with my income sources? Uh, and to me, it's an ultimate puzzle, and that is why we're here but we also love puzzles so uh so glad that i went into the comprehensive planning business because i you know it's interesting bruce if you don't mind just those questions are so important the 401k the pension the social security because you don't know which one to take first and you do know need someone to say well if you wait till this age that's the amount if you wait till this age that's the amount if you wait till this age you know it's kind of it can be very confusing and overwhelming, and you don't want to mess it up because you don't want to screw up your taxes and all of a sudden get you into a different bracket, and next thing you know, you're all cattywampus. <laughs> Susie, that's a great point. Thank you. Um, and and that, that's harder than people think it is. You know, bracket creep is real, and it, and it does make – it can make a difference, you know, in, in your – financial success if you have to pay a higher percentage or more in taxes than you planned for because you, you did a boo-boo or no or, or a mistake somewhere got to say and again it sounds self-serving but in our industry look everybody can help you grow your money 
And I'm not going to sit here and say wealth enhancement can do it better than anybody else. Wealth enhancement group will get you a higher rate of return because I don't know that that's true. But what I do know is that most financial people in our space don't want to help you spend your money. In fact, they'd rather you not spend it. They'd rather you left it invested with them. But Peg and I and Wealth Enhancement Group understand the reason you save and invest is so that you can have a paycheck at retirement to live the life that you want. And we actually will help you determine which money to spend, how to spend it most intelligently, even if it means you're spending money that you have invested with us. If that's the right money to spend, we'll tell you that's the right money to spend. And it may change from year to year. Like Peg said, this is an ongoing process. And if you spent from bucket A last year, this year it might be better if you spend out of bucket B. We'll have those conversations at least once a year. Um, and I know that we're probably coming up for time for a break, so I got more stuff than I could add to those five things, but maybe uh, uh, we'll let listeners uh, lead us where they want to go. All right. Well, it is just about 28 minutes now, past 8 o'clock, and you are listening to Your Money with the Wealth Enhancement Group. Two last month, and I applied for Social Security. Um, I wasn't going to apply for Social Security, but my daughter suggested in June that I should because I turned 62. I can make it on Social Security. My question is, is should have I waited till I was 65, or is it good that I took it at this time? I used up uh, my 401k plan about a year ago. I'll hang up and listen to what you got to say. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Bruce, what's your response? Thank you, Bruce. And, and again, if, if we were sitting face-to-face, um, there'd probably be a little bit more interaction, and Peg and I might have some questions. Um, but, Peg, go into maybe just generically, and, and I think as we do this, we'll not only answer Bruce's question, uh, at least to some degree, but a lot of other listeners might have similar thoughts or similar questions, because if you're joining us late, and Peg was kind of sending me the outline during the break, so I'm looking at it now. If you joined us late and we're talking, we're talking about five great reasons to retire, and one of them is you hit full retirement age. And when, when Peg said hit full retirement age, she's talking about getting full benefits from Social Security. But you don't have to wait until you're, you hit full retirement age. You can start to take Social Security, as Bruce uh, indicated in his question, you can start taking it as early as age 62, or you can wait as long as age 70. Now, some people might say, why the heck would I wait until 70 or uh, any age later than 62 if I can take it at 62? And the answer is, the longer you wait, the bigger the paycheck is. So it's the age-old debate that people have, should I take it sooner, get it, get less money, but get it for more years, or should I wait later and get it for less years, but get more money? So, Peg, talk a little bit about how we help clients determine the right answer to that. Yeah, so everybody is different when it comes to Social Security planning. And, Bruce, the fact that you started it at 62, there might have been a motivation, and this is maybe kind of a negative one, in that I don't know how long I'm going to live. I want to get my check from the Social Security government uh, group uh, as much as long as I possibly can so people start early. The other reason, because there, there is a what's called a break-even, 
So Bruce, you just explained you could take it at 62, you could take it anywhere up through 70 years old, but in the meantime, you get some more credits from Social Security so your checks will get bigger. Well, um, if you take your money from Social Security, a lot of times what that will allow you to do is to keep your lifelong savings intact and growing more for the next years. So what do I mean by that? Well, you're getting a check from the government and then you don't have to take as big of a withdrawal from your savings to supplement your expenses. And so, and then if you didn't live as long as you would have liked to live or to make mortality, then those investments, and I know your daughter was talking to you about this, but these investments would then go to your children or your spouse that you hadn't spent because you're using the Social Security's money. So we walk through that scenario with clients. And then once again, if you do live, let's look on the bright side, you live till 90, 105, and that Social Security check keeps coming, there is what's called a break even. And it's pretty much around, you know, 80 to 82 years old. So whether you take it at 62 or you take it at 66 or you take it at 70 years old, you all break even by the time you're in your 80s. So if you think you're going to live long, then you possibly may want to wait to take it because that check is going to get bigger, you know, from your 82 second birthday to maybe you live to 100. Now, that's the part we don't know, Bruce. And then we have to take family history into consideration and all sorts of uh, uh, things into consideration. And then if you're married, it even gets more complex, like how do we maximize that Social Security for two people than just one? I have a question for you, Peg, selfishly. Ken, is there a scenario where you would take a little bit out of each, or do you try to say, no, we're just going to start with this bucket and then go to that bucket and then go out to that bucket? Or do you say maybe we'll make a combination of a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there? <laughs> Just asking. That's a really good question too. I'm asking for a friend. Nah, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, what happens, Susie, is uh, hopefully you've got all sorts of resources. We have clients that have the Social Security. Some have a pension. Lots of people have savings. Now, those savings we actually dissect into three different different types of savings. One being taxable. So if you have money in the bank or your friend has money in the bank, and that's their ready reserve, they're probably getting a 1099 on that money. So under your taxable bucket, everything that you get a 1099 at the end of the year, that's in that bucket. The second bucket is tax deferred. And tax deferred is uh, 401ks, 403bs, where you've put money in probably through your employer, and you haven't paid a dime not on the principal or the growth on those plans, but you have a big IOU to the IRS. And at some point, you're going to have to pay up, but you're deciding to defer for now. And then the third bucket is what we call tax advantage. And that just means that you have some type of tax uh, preference with that. It might be municipal bonds. It might be a Roth IRA. It might be life insurance. I love that bucket because anytime I can use the word tax advantaged uh, and we don't owe the government a whole bunch of money, you can understand that your money is probably going to last longer 
if you've got a bunch of tax-free money versus having a big IOU to the IRS. So, so Susie, I'm glad you brought up this question because our job is nothing else but mm. mixing and matching. And I want to stress mixing and matching because taxes matter in everything you do. So meaning if I can help you not pay an extra dollar this year that can stay in that portfolio and earn more money, Mm -hmm. then I'm doing a good job. So we're trying to mix and match your assets. And so people listening, and I'll conclude with this, if you happen to have only one type of money, and many people who come and see me have that middle bucket stuffed with tax deferred, they owe so much money to the government, and it actually it, it, it inflates your net worth to where you think you're worth more. Mm. But if we put on that liability line what you owe to the government on all those IRAs that you've deferred all this time, then you may not feel quite as secure. So we want to make sure that there's diversity in how you're investing your money. And even if you're 55 or 65 or anywhere in between, when you come to us, we still have lots of time to get you organized well enough to be tax efficient and also create a paycheck, what we believe is meaningful for you for the rest of your life. And so you're saying as young as 55, a person might go in, even if they're not ready to retire, but just get a game plan to perhaps course correct to get them prepared for that day that they are ready to retire. I'm hoping that all 55-year-olds are at least thinking about preparing. And to me, there is no, there is no real uh, a time frame that makes sense to do comprehensive planning. Mm. I mean, I might be a little biased here, but everybody should be doing some sort of planning. And I know that while you're working and you have children, you might have grandchildren and, and life is just running so fast that you feel like you are saving and you are, you're saving, but are you saving in the right bucket? Do you have enough to create a paycheck for the rest of your life? Are you ready for the what ifs in life? Mm. And those are the kinds of things that planning does. So I don't want to necessarily earmark a time frame, but I'd say that people who come to us are two years, you know, or five years before retirement and it's coming and they can see it and they, they truly want to know from experts whether they're on track. Well, it is a lot to think about. Yeah, jump in, Bruce. Yeah, I want to jump in. Sorry, Susie. Um, To your point, Susie, about uh, a little here, a little there, a little here, instead of, you know, it's not just all one bucket or all another bucket. It almost always is a combination of buckets. And I wanted to try to give clarity to that point. Let me give you an example that might give listeners a little bit more clarity. Um, Prevailing wisdom usually tells us that when you retire – and you've got options to where to take your retirement income from, those tax-deferred plans that Peg just referred to, your traditional 401K, traditional IRAs, those plans that are going to have a tax liability when you take a withdrawal, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income. Prevailing wisdom usually says don't spend those unless you don't have any other options. Spend your taxable money or or your tax-free money first. Your taxable money 
you get a 1099 and you pay taxes whether you spend it or not. So if you spend it, it doesn't really increase your tax liability much. And if it's tax-free, it doesn't increase your tax liability at all. Take that tax-deferred money and wait as long as possible. But the reality is it probably makes more economic sense that you, what we, and I, and I it's, this is not a visual medium, but I always do air quotes when I say we want to soak up the tax bracket that you're going to be in anyway from all other sources of income. So if your income has you in a 12% tax bracket anyway, and now we look at your tax-deferred plans, traditional 401Ks, traditional IRAs, and we say we can take out $10,000 at 12% before we bump into the bottom of the 22% tax bracket. So let's take $10,000 out of your old 401K plan. And the client says, well, yeah, but I need more than $10,000. I need 15000 this year to comfortably live the way I want to. The second 5000 then will either come from the tax-free account or the taxable account, cash in the bank, or, or whatever. So it will come from two different places to soak up the lowest tax bracket that you're probably ever going to be in anyway. And so that kind of planning needs to be done every year because those numbers are going to change every year. And then, Susie, if that's not complicated enough, just figuring out the tax percentage you're going to pay – there's what we call ripple effects to all this stuff in that your income could impact the amount of tax you pay on your Social Security benefit. If you're still paying for your own health insurance and you want to get your income low to qualify for tax credits to help with your health insurance costs, it can impact that. If you're on Medicare and you pay for Medicare Part B, the amount of income that you take could affect your Medicare premiums. So we have to look at all these things, and we have to look at them once you're retired, at least once a year. In fact, Peg will tell you, most of her clients' advanced tax planning, she probably talks to them more than once a year, right, Peg? Right, for sure. And, and because they have complex situations and we're preparing for retirement, there's all sorts of things to be talking about and planning about. And then also, we tend to uh, get particular and uh, prospective clients at Wealth Enhancement Group who are very detailed in themselves. We're a very detailed organization. As you heard Bruce talking about, all the things that you need to know and incorporate and, and uh, put in a plan, uh, that takes a lot of detail. And then maybe you create a plan, but who's going to keep track of the plan? Who's monitoring that plan? I talked earlier in the show today. It's a lifelong process not just a one-time event. So all these decisions, and today we're talking about the great reasons to retire, right? And we have such a passion for helping people. Uh, and I just love when people feel so secure in their decision to actually retire. It's a good place to be, isn't it, when you're pretty solid? Not a lot of people are, though. I know a lot of friends that are like, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do. I'm like, uh, Okay. You know, <laughs> I know I have money, so I'm excited to have someone help me figure out what bucket to take when. It's a good place to be, right, guys? Absolutely. And and again, um, Peg, you made a really good point in that I think our clients um, are not what is 
quote unquote typical or normal in society overall. I see all these statistics about the percentage of people that couldn't pay for an expense if you know if they had to have a thousand dollar car repair or a thousand dollar home repair. They don't have the money, and that's not our clients. Uh, that's just not who comes to see us. These people that are struggling like that probably should see a financial advisor, and I'm guessing part of the reason that they're struggling is because they have not seen a financial advisor, but um, that's a whole different conversation. But we, we kind of see the world through rose-colored glasses because uh, the, the, the percentage of the population that's struggling are not the people that, that come and see us, um, good or bad. That's kind of the reality. Hey, I wanted to go back to one other thing, and I know there might be more texts or calls, Susie, um, but I wanted, to, I wanted to hit on one other thing. So if you joined us late, um, we're talking about five reasons, five great reasons to go ahead and retire. Uh, just to recap them quickly, number one was you want the, pers- uh, the freedom to pursue other passions, to have a purpose to do things other than work that you enjoy and give you intrinsic reward. Number two, to make sure your portfolio is ready. That's what this discussion has been about. Where does my retirement income come from? Uh, number three, your family is ready. And I wanted to emphasize this one a little bit, Peg, because uh, and Susie, but, but Peg, I know that you've seen this. Clients that are not in agreement, whether or not one of them can afford to retire, and they're worried, one, one, one partner is worried that if the other partner retires now, they're going to run out of money before they die. And even if you do the forecasting and the projections and whatnot, they still don't believe it. And it, ca- it can cause stress and disharmony in the relationship. We've seen it. Or there's a misunderstanding or a difference, a change in the dynamic. So a marriage that's happy and healthy, when the partners are apart 40 hours a week because one or both are working, now they're thrown together 24-7, and uh-oh, we've got a problem here. We're not used to this. I'm not used to having him running around looking over my shoulder when I'm cooking. And, oh, by the way, since he's retired now, how about you do the laundry? Or how about, so you have to have I'm – not, I'm not trying to tell anyone what they should or shouldn't do in their marriage, but I am saying you have to have those conversations and have an understanding how you both see this next phase of your life. And so the family, especially the spouse or partner, they you have to be on board together on what this thing looks like. Yeah, we Bruce. This is the I, I would say this is the most fun part of my job in that um, I almost feel like kind of like a family counselor sometimes. You know, um, hey, you both have to have your own independent days. You know, your own, and and here's what I hear. You know, a lot of times the women or the guys who have already retired, they've got their golf buddies and the women have their luncheons and, and all of that. But then when you combine calendars, there's some conflicts there, but more so the retired person is a little bit lost. And I have to share with you guys because my daughter said to me, um, oh, it's probably 10 years ago now, because I was, I, I'm a worker bee and I have such a passion for my work that People look at me and say, why does she work all these hours? Because I actually saw it as fun. But my daughter said to me, Mom, uh, you're not going to be able to retire one day and say, please be my friend now, right? You've totally ignored these people. You, you RSVP'd no to everything. Why should they be your friend when you decide they should be your friend when you retire? 
I thought that was the best advice I got because it motivated me to be that person, to reach out and make connections, you know, not as a couple, this is as independent life, so that I knew that when I retired one day, they would all welcome me with open arms versus like, who are you? How, how do you think you can fit in, you know, our, our group now? So just uh, for the listeners out there, I thought that was great advice for me, and I think it's great advice for you. Well, it's, it's, it's balance. It's having balance in your life. And isn't it great that you've got it? You know, I'm, I'm sure that you've given Nicole a lot of great advice over the years, and she'd be the first one to say so. But isn't it nice that you can get advice from a kid that's meaningful and worthwhile and helpful? That's just that's awesome when your kids are that smart. But, you know, Peg, I'm the same way. I, 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 it doesn't feel like work to me. It's my passion. It's my joy. It's what I love to do. But I do make room, or I think I do a pretty good job at making room for the other things, uh, social activities, and when my kids were little, getting to the soccer games, getting to the dance recitals, and, you know, being present for loved ones. But I, 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 you know, I work more now being an empty nester, not because I have to. In fact, I wouldn't have to, but because I want to, because it's so fulfilling and rewarding and uh you and I talking about how much we love our job. I think, Susie, we ate up most of our time that we have left. Well, we all love our job around here, and that's good news because it's nice to like your work. That is for sure. But I want to let listeners know if they have financial questions for Bruce or Peg, they can call 888-6-ADVICE. You can also email your questions at your money at Wealth Enhancement Group. Actually, that's your money at wealthenhancement.com. Good to talk to you guys. See you next weekend. See you next weekend. All right. Bruce Helmer, Peg Webb, Wealth Enhancement Group, your money on Sunday. The previous program was sponsored by Wealth Enhancement Group. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Wealth Enhancement Group or its guests and do not reflect the opinions of News Talk 830 and Odyssey Inc.